Well, we are in a new sermon series. It's called An Unfiltered Christmas. Basically, the whole thought is, I'll just put to you like this, and this family here especially would understand with taking pictures, um, that when I'm out taking pictures, say at a ball game, I can take anywhere from two to 300 pictures. And then I'll get back, and I'll look at my computer, and it might take me a while, and I'll filter through. See, I, I, I like that filter thing, because if it's, if it's blurry, I'm not keeping that one. It's out of focus, not going to keep it right. If it uh, looks like there's certain people in it I didn't want, or something out of, out of like, I don't want that much, I can crop it out. So through the cropping, through the filtering process, I now have that exact picture that I want. And uh, basically, I've, I've, I've filtered it. But we do the same thing with Christmas. We do the same thing in our lives. We want people to look at our family and say, oh, look at their family. They are so happy. They are so joyful. They've got it all together. But we know that behind the scenes, it's not like that at all. They have cropped out everything that they don't want you to see. They have eliminated all those things that nobody else should know about, right? Well, instead of cropping and applying filters to our life, we can find help in God's Word. So we we pick up God's Word and we sit there and say, instead of covering up, cropping, hiding our problems, our faults, let's grab God's Word and let's apply that to our lives because it is in God's Word that we find how to help those who are hurting, to fix the brokenness, to find peace. And this morning, that really is what we want is peace, right? It's this time of year where we start talking about peace on earth. We want that peace, but we can give people that little glimpse because we've cropped out everything else for everybody to see. And we put on all the filters. If we just focus in right here, I I see it all the time. People take pictures, they smile, and then as soon as they're done, they, they go back to their frowny faces, right? Peace. It's what we want. I, I'm sure all of you over the Thanksgiving holiday had a, a lot of time to spend with your family, with your friends. Maybe you had a lot of opportunity to go out and also spend, period, as some of you went shopping. Maybe some of you enjoyed time uh, just relaxing, watching football. Maybe there's some celebrations, some cheering going on. I know some of you are involved in a wedding. There was a lot of miles that would be traveling. But it was probably a very long weekend of celebration. And there was a lot of relationships that took place and all that celebrating. And there's going to be more coming up. So with what just took place and what's to come, how's the peace on earth doing with all of you? I'm going to ask uh, Christian, I'm going to ask for your help. Come on up here if you would. Just sort of help us understand. Yes, stand right up here. Welcome back from college. Good to see you. It's sort of fun. Thanksgiving time. Everybody comes back from where they've been. Yeah, you got one fan out there. That's good. All right. So, um, Christian, and it's a good thing I say, can I have Christian come up? Uh, everybody would have came up, so I'm, thanks for responding to your name. Um, here's what's going to do. I want to show you something here. Um, if you sort of stand right there and hold this for me. See, what happens, I'm going to just sort of illustrate the whole peace thing in our life, okay? Because sometimes it's hard to have peace in our life when we have to go out and go shopping for presents. Um, when we, you think about, who am I going to buy for? Ooh, the list is long. Oh, they got me something. Do I need to get them something? And then if I get them something, are they going to take it back? And what if I get something that I don't like? Do I make sure I have the, the happy face on when I get it? Like, oh, it's just what I wanted. Not really. Um, so, you know, how do you, how do you handle the presents and find peace? And then comes... 
decorations. See, we start having to go find all the decorations that has been spread out all over in our attic or wherever you store your decorations. Did you get them all up? How are your decorations looking compared to the neighbor next door? Right? How's that doing? And how are the lights for all of you? I know in my house, uh, we store them up in, up in our storage room, and I go up to get them, and we have this thing that's called a gremlin. This little gremlin lives in our attic, and what he does is, right before Christmas, he sneaks over to my light box. He's like, oh, I'm going to mess this up. And he just tangles all the lights for me, right? So decorations, that can definitely be uh, a little frustrating. Sort of put on another one. So another piece, right? You got it. It's just food, okay? And that's not pressure at all for anybody here, right? Who's going to bake? Who's going to cook? Is it going to be done right? Uh, did we burn something? Oh, it doesn't t- turn out right. Might have to redo those again, right? A little stress building up here. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, so, far. so far, all right. Well, this one sort of applies to you because somebody had to come pick you up or do some traveling to get from college to here, okay? Okay. Yeah, I know. You just, you're doing good. You're doing good. I'm going to help you out here, Christian. I thought you lifted weights. I guess not, but... There you go, buddy. You got that? Good, yeah. Okay, so here, let's do this. I'll tell you what. Can you sort of slide those over? No, go ahead and have a seat. And uh, can we put them side by side, one on there? There? Yeah, there you go. That's good. You got them? Good. Excellent. So we've got the traveling going on, and that can be a little uh, distracting and, and hard at times, not so much peaceful, especially if you're flying out of some airport and then the weather gets bad and a gas money and all those kind of things. But of course, with all this, who's going to pay for it? I mean, the finances, the presents, the gifts, and the decorations, and as all this stuff starts to accumulate, we sort of get a little worried at Christmas time about how we're going to pay for all these things. Still holding up fine? Excellent. You're looking good. Okay. But here's the problem now. Some of us, just slide these over. Are a little driven. We are uh, always trying to impress people. Uh, as you can see by some of my rapping, we didn't try to impress all of you that much. Um, but some people, everything's got to be meticulous and well done. And and it's like, well, and we want to make sure they liked our present, and we want everybody to like us. And so, you know, how we post things, we have to have the right look, date the right person, uh, make sure the decorations of food are just right. You know what I'm saying? And we, we, how dare any of these things be out of place? Some of you are highly driven like that. And I get some of you are OCD, right? And um, Paul almost rearranged these up here from this morning because he's like, there's too much white over here. And there's too much red over here. Some of you are just like that. You're just driven, right? So more yet. Because now we get to some of the things that go on in this world. Unfortunately, the way politics are today, they seem to be polarizing our world. We seem to now be at ends with each other instead of working together. And, and then we got other things that are going on in this world, whether it's violence, whether it's the opioids, uh, whether it's uh, issues that are taking place that we're like, is God going to handle this or not? And we, so we got all these things that are coming in. Is it, isn't it surprising that the number one uh, prescribed drug right now is for antidepressants? It's amazing. It's the number one uh, prescribed drug today. National Institute of Health reported that one out of three adolescents, ages eight, 13 to 18. So let's say we have 30 kids in here, ages 13 to 18. And I had them all stand. I said, I want 20 of you to sit. So 20 of them sit down, 10 of them remain standing. That's one third, right? 
are dealing with some kind of anxiety disorder right now as a result of maybe education, too much pressure there with Scholastic, maybe it's screen time, it's social media that's going on, uh, there, there's other uh, pressures that are hitting them, lack of sleep. So all these things, right, in the world, it's just this, whew, not much peace there, is there? And then, I'm going to tell you, during the holidays, when you're going to all these places, have you ever realized that the driving at the holiday season is pretty crazy? People tend to, like, flash you the holiday hand signal of that was my parking spot, not yours, or whatever it may be, right? And uh, so there's a little, it's a little stressful driving sometimes during the holidays. I, I joked with my, uh, one of my friends the other day, and he said he was going to go to Friday night uh, or Thursday night, maybe. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, all this Black Friday shopping going on. And, and he goes, I don't have anything to shop. I'm just going to go have fun and people watch. And I said, what you ought to do is walk out of the store and act like your car is the first one there and see how many cars pull up behind you and then like act like you're just going to go back in and just see how many people you drew and just upset them. And Nah, pastors don't think like that. Okay. Then, you still doing okay back there, Christian? Here is, a, here is another. Here, we'll, we'll mix them up. Red and white, red and white. There you go. Uh, another, you still good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. You okay, all right, good. Uh, loneliness. So this might be the first holiday some of you are experiencing without a loved one. They've, they've passed away. Um, maybe they left you. Maybe this, you're divorced and this is your first holiday season uh, without your spouse. Maybe you had a breakup. Something went wrong in, in a relationship somewhere, something. You're feeling a little lonely. That's a little stressful, isn't it? But of all these things, sort of that common denominator... As people. Oh, you still good? Yeah. If you put one hand right here, there you go. Other hand right here. Uh huh. You got it? Yeah. Wait. Oh, boy, it's a little stressful. How peaceful are you right now? Is some of you still doing good? Uh, not really. I'm kind of scared this is going to fall. You're doing good. Here, I'll just sort of put that in that direction. Oh, in that direction. Yeah? Oh, you're good, right? Whew. There's a little stress going on up here right now. Not much peace, right? But I think about this, this, this stress with people just almost pushes this whole thing over, doesn't it? Let's be honest. At Christmas, you're probably going to gather with people that you don't normally gather with throughout the year. You know, throughout the year, you can avoid certain people, and it's like, I don't have to be around them. But at Christmas, you're probably going to see them. Family get-together. Or maybe it's going to be a maybe a, a party at the office or something like that. You're going to be gathering again with people that you don't normally have to gather with, but now you have to, right? How do you handle those moments? Well, we're going to pretend it's all good, won't we? We'll put on the fake smiles, like, oh, good to see you. And we'll maybe try to avoid that conversation. And sort of like the filter, we put that filter on and we want it to look good because we don't want to know what's going on all around us. And it's not very peaceful at all. It is very stressful. And we're hoping that we won't have that discussion with them. We're hoping that topic won't come up because we don't want to talk about it with them because we know it will end up being maybe some budding heads or somebody's going to end up leaving early because we're just not happy about it, right? And we say, where's the peace? Where's the peace at when all this is hitting us during the holiday season? 
Can, can anybody relate to this? Is anybody out here like, yeah, I hear you, right? Yeah, yeah. What we need is peace, right? You know, there's a song we sing every Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Right? Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners, what? Reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph in the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. We sing that, right? The angel saying, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth. God. Sinners. Reconciled. God and sinners reconciled. Peace has come. So we should celebrate. We should sing at Christmas time. We should be joyous because God has come to remove the barriers, to fix and mend the relationships that have been broken, that are struggling right now, to take. He comes in and says, hey, let me take some of these burdens from you. And let me restore some of this peace because you're probably pretty stressed out right now. And God says, I'll remove it. I'll take care of it. And he frees us up to have a sense of calm and peace. Right? Y'all good now? Thank you. You can have a seat. Well done. Thanks, Christian. The word I'm looking for and the word I've heard a couple of times now is reconcile. What does it mean to reconcile these relationships? What is it? Again, God has come to fix a broken relationship with us, first of all. It is something done, really reconciling is something done by both parties. One party basically says, I'm going to come in this way. And the other party says, I'm going to come in this way. God says, I'm going to surrender my son to you. And I'm going to surrender my selfishness to you. And basically, we restore this relationship with God as a, as a reconciling. Grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, right past Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, all those little small books, and you'll come to Colossians. Now, this morning, I'm going to be using a couple of different translations. I know some of you are like, I never really follow you anyway. Sunday mornings, I will typically read out of the New Living Translation because it's an easy translation to hear, to understand. Some translations go word for word. Some translations go thought for thought. Uh, some translations are direct. Um, let's take the Greek, let's take the Hebrew and come to the closest meaning and put it in there. Uh, there's the King James Version that I grew up on, the NIV Version. Uh, then there's ESV, which is, is, a, is a very good version now a lot of people are using. NLT, like I said, I'll use on Sunday mornings. All kinds, A, B, C, X, Y, Z. There's great versions out there, okay? This morning, um, I'm going to be reading from the NIV and the NLT. I'll put some of that scripture up on the screen for you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Again, people are like, how do I see God? Look at Jesus. He is the visible image of an invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Verse 16. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and the authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 17, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in 
everything. Are you seeing the supremacy of Jesus Christ here? As we read the scripture, basically Paul is saying, Jesus is Lord. He is God in the flesh. He is supreme. He was part of creation. We go back to Genesis and we're like, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Like, well, God was involved. So was Jesus and so was the Holy Spirit. They were all there working together. Jesus was a part of that in creation. Look at verse 19. It says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. All that is in God is in Jesus Christ. Verse 20. And through him, God, there's that word, reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Do you see how this is working? God's plan is to fix this broken relationship with us through Jesus Christ on the cross. When you think about this, before he could get to the cross, what did he have to do? He had to be born. When we look at these, like a picture like this, peace on earth, Jesus Christ coming to this world, God in the flesh, coming to this world as a baby so that he could be born, growing up, live a perfect life, then die on the cross only to come back to life. Look at verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. That's all of us. We were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Verse 22. Yet now, here it is that word again. He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he's brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. God did this through Jesus Christ. He's reconciling our relationship with him. God, through Christ, us, we once were alienated, his enemy, have now come to be reconciled in a relationship with him so that we can be made pure and holy and blameless before him. We are right with God through Christ. You follow me on this? And here's the amazing thing. We can give God an endless list of why we should not be okay with him. Of why this whole reconciling thing should not take place. Because we're pretty messy at times. We are all guilty of lying, cheating, vulgarity, um, doing things we shouldn't do, being mean to people, right? We were all guilty. We're all messy with certain things in our lives. Some of us are worse. There are some people out there that have committed such higher, bigger messes, so to say, whether it's something like murder, okay? Oh, that's really bad, right? But let me share some with you. A mess is a mess. If I'm at home and I see, I know somebody's coming over and, and I need to sweep, and Jenny said, hey, can you please sweep? So-and-so's coming over. Yep, so I'll grab the vacuum. But then I see some, I see some dust balls, okay? I'm still maybe a little fuzzy things, right? And over here, though, Somebody got out the Rice Krispies and it looked like they went to open the bag. And you know, you know when you open something, it's like, and it's like flies everywhere, like confetti. Rice Krispies everywhere. So I got a little mess, fuzzy balls. I got big mess, Rice Krispies. So do I just sweep up the Rice Krispies and leave the dust balls? It's still a mess, right? A mess is a mess. Some seem greater than others. But it's still messy and it still needs to be cleaned up. It still needs to be swept up. Sin is the same way. Sin is a mess regardless of what we grade it as. 
what we put in the level of, oh, that's really bad sin. It's still a mess. And while we're still messy, God sent Jesus. That's good news, right? And trying to make peace and, and reconciling things with God in our mess is more than just writing a letter. It wasn't like, well, like God's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I want to make things right with all of you, so I'm just going to write a letter, and, and I'd like you to write me a letter. And, and I'll, maybe we'll just text each other, just call, hey, I'm sorry. Um, please forgive me for this. And we want to reconcile, right? You know, it, it cost us more. It cost him more than just a letter. It cost him his son. God wasn't like, I'll just spell it out in the clouds. That doesn't, that's not hard to do. You know what was hard for him to do? To become flesh, to come here, to live in this sinful world, to be beaten, to be bruised, to be crucified, to be buried for us. That's hard. And that's what he did. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. And again, this, this actually I believe I'm going to bring out of the uh, NIV. Romans chapter 5, verses um, 1 to 10. And, and I'll put this on the screen as well to follow. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith. Again, that's important to hear. Because a lot of us think, I'm justified, which means I'm, I'm just before the eyes of God. I am okay before the eyes of God because of the good things that I did. Scripture says we're justified through our faith. Not our works, but our faith. We have peace with God, there it is, through our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in hope of the glory of the Lord, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in the sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That is a key phrase right there. Verse 6. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Do not miss this verse, verse 10. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life. Verse 18. Not only is this so, but we've also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've now received reconciliation. NLT translation says, so now we can rejoice in this wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. The only way we can have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep driving this one home all morning, okay? Because you see, the, the, the good news is that during our brokenness, during our sinfulness, during our messy little world that we live in, God sends himself as Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, on a mission to save us. To restore a broken relationship. 
to reconcile what was wrong. And here's the thing. All year long, you like, I don't know if I really believe that. All year long, we actually leverage this against God. Like, what do you mean? So here's the thing. When we pray, we go to God constantly asking for things, right? Oh, and by the way, when you go to God, when you pray, I would say approach God as, you know, obviously with all reverence and all. But approach God as maybe you would approach if you have a good relationship with your father. Some of us, when we pray, we're like, I don't know how to pray. Um, So we're like, um, um, thou greatest almighty father in the heavens above, thy reigneth over me and thy grace thou bestoweth upon me. So I thank thee, Lord, for the sanctification of the justification of the glorification for which you are multiplication of my family. I was like, what did he just say? I don't know, but I'm trying to sound really good in front of all of you. Did I, you know, hopefully it's not. I would never talk to my dad like that. I'd probably go to my dad and say, hey, dad, man, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you for so long. Like, if this is what, like, for instance, I would go home at Thanksgiving if he were still alive. This is what I'd do. I'd say, dad, I love you. I'd give him a hug, first of all. Hug and a kiss. Dad, love you. Man, it's good to see you. Haven't seen you for so long. Hey, thank you so much. You, the, the, I appreciate you giving me that gas money. I didn't ask for it, but thank you for the gas money. You, don't, you know, you don't need to do that. You always slip me that 20. And, but thanks. Thanks, Dad. Hey, Dad, I, I got a question. You know, you're, you're so wise and smart. Can you help me out with something? I'm not sure what to do. See, that's how I talk to my dad. And I want to encourage you, when you pray, talk to God as your Heavenly Father. He's your Abba, right? Don't, don't get caught up in the, i got to sound good in front of other people. Just have that conversation with God in awe and reverence. Okay? So let's say, as I go to God, as we all do go to God constantly, we're asking for things, right? We're asking for help. We ask for this. We ask for that from God. God, can you, God, will you, God, help me in this. Heal this. You know, this needs to be taken care of. And we go to God all the time. We, you know what we're doing? We're leveraging our relationship with, with him. Because here's the thing. We are believing that we are in a good relationship with God. Because here's the thing. I would never go to somebody that I'm in a bad relationship with and say, hey, can you help me out? Hey, would you be willing to do this? Because that person would be like, no, man, we're not on good terms. I know we're not on good terms. I have no idea why I'm asking for your help because you won't help me. Right? We don't go to people that we're in a bad relationship with to ask for help, do we? We go to somebody we're in a good relationship with. Hey, buddy, how we doing? Good. Hey, I need some help. with. I'll be right there for you. So every time we pray and we go to God and say, God, will you do this? You know what we're doing? We're assuming that we're in a good relationship with him. Right? We're asking God for all this stuff. And it's like, so you're assuming you're in a good relationship and you have a reconciled relationship. You are at peace with God, right? Because here's the thing. If you're not at peace with God, why are you talking to him? So, this whole reconciliation thing, when we pray, we need to start with this. Are we at peace with God? Church, how are you doing? Is there peace with you and God? Do you have a good relationship? The scripture we just read just talks about what God did for us with his, through his son, Jesus Christ. If your relationship with God is non-existent or faulty, it's time to come to him and make it right. And if you're coming to me sometimes, you're like, hey, pastor, can you pray for this? And here's the thing. If you come to me and you say, 
Pastor, will you pray for this? First of all, I want to ask you, did you pray for it? Because if you didn't pray to God about it, why are you coming to me? It begins with you and your relationship with God. Okay? Then come to me. I'll pray with you. I will. I'm not telling you I won't. I will pray with you. But why are you coming to me first? You don't have to go through me. You go right through Jesus, right to God, and you talk to him. And you have that relationship. If you can't go to God, let's fix this. Let's make sure you have a relationship with him so you can go directly to him. God wants to reconcile our relationship, right? Listen, that's why at Christmas, it is so worth singing and celebrating. That is something that you and I need. You know, once we have peace with God, here's the thing. We get to experience peace in life. Do you realize that? See, you and I will never be at peace until we're at peace with God. Once we're at peace with God, then peace comes to us through Jesus and the work of his spirit. In your Bibles, turn to the book of John. And you're like, oh, I thought we weren't going to be in John, right? All right. Just want to point out a scripture to you in the book of John. In the book of John, chapter 14, Jesus says in, in verse, uh, starting in verse 15, he says, If you love me, obey my commands. I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. Isn't that good news? Jesus says, I'm going to give you somebody that's never going to leave you. Guess who it is? It's the Holy Spirit who leads into all the truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him, doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now, which is Jesus, right? And will later be in you, which is the Holy Spirit. Although Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples saying, listen, I'm about ready to leave, but when I leave, don't worry. I'm sending another advocate, a helper, the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, I'm with you right now and he will be with you when I leave. No separation there. Verse 18, now I will not abandon you as orphans. I'll come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you'll see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I'm the Father, and you're in me, and I am in you. I'm going to skip down to verse 24. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Or afraid. Jesus is basically telling us this. Listen very carefully. God wants to reconcile a relationship with us. We're in a messy world. Let's get it right, right? So we ask for forgiveness. And when we say, I'm giving up, I'm surrendering my selfishness. Forgive me, God. God says, I forgive you. Our relationship is restored. We've been reconciled. Then Jesus says, and guess what? I'm going to give you my spirit. So you're not alone in this world. When you're amidst all this junk right here. And you're surrounded by the things that are going on. You're not alone. Because Jesus says, I've given you my Holy Spirit. See, the world can't give you what I give you. Oh, I'm feeling really at peace. I've got the decorations and the presents under control. Yeah, and I've got the baking and I've got all the, the finances figured out, right? How are the people doing? I don't have to worry about that right now. You know why you can't? Because you can't control everything. Your peace, the peace this world says, here, you want some peace? Pop this pill. That'll make you feel really peaceful. Drink this. That'll make you peaceful, Right? Jesus says, the peace I give is not like the peace of this world. I'm going to give you my spirit. You see, that's what happens when we reconcile our relationship with God. He now gives us what we need 
to live amongst all this other stuff that's going on around us. You know what's amazing is that for some reason, when we find peace with God, we start to find things, peace with things around us because God's peace is now in us. Are you following me, church? Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, when we celebrate Christmas, remember, what is Christmas all about? Jesus, right? And why did Jesus come? To reconcile us to God. That's why he came. To restore a broken relationship. That's why he came. Jesus did not come to bring you gifts. Jesus did not come to bring you all these goodies and and these good feelings and to make this earth a plush home to get comfortable with. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to restore that relationship that's been broken. He came to rescue us from evil. What God did for us, he says, now go do that with other people. Because, where is it at? Oh yeah. This one. This one. Why is this so hard to be at peace with the people around us? Sometimes we just want to, right? Okay, the peace thing with God, I get that. That's why Jesus came. But do I have to apply that to other people? Yes, you do. Because we know in Scripture it tells us to make every effort to be at peace with everyone. At least that's what the book of Hebrews says. Colossians 3.12 says, Since God chose you to be his holy people, clothe yourselves with kindness and goodness tender-hearted mercies, humility, gentleness, patience, and make allowances for other people's faults. Be at peace with them. Forgive them as God forgave you. See, he gives us that peace so that we can be at peace with other people. So I want to encourage you this Christmas. First of all, make sure you have that peace with God. Make sure you have that peace with God. Have you confessed your sins to holy God? Have you asked Christ to come into your life? His spirit in you now helps you be at peace with other people. Who are you not at peace with right now? What's the first person that came to your mind when I said that? Are you praying for them? I would encourage you. Reach out to them in some form or manner. Just sometime between now and Christmas. Just reach out to them. Extend that peace of God to them. Now, if they reject it, they reject it. There's nothing you can do about that, right? I'm going I'm I'm to imagine first time God offered you peace with him, you might not have accepted it right away. Aren't you glad that he didn't rescind his offer? So I'm sure a lot of us were like, yeah, I heard the pastor. Yeah, I was at Sunday school. Yeah, I was at this church camp meeting. or I was at camp here, and I did not go forward when they prayed that prayer, but yet somewhere else you heard that still small voice of God saying, surrender. Aren't you glad he did not rescind the offer after the first time? So in the same way, offer that peace. They may not accept it, but keep praying for them. Do not let their rejection remove your peace, which cannot be removed because it is the Spirit of God. And then you have another, another opportunity, offer it again. Don't push it on them. Just let them know you, you're trying. 
Church, we are blessed, church, to be loved by God and have his peace. I ask the worship team to come forward. Would you please stand? Really, when you think about what God's peace does, it really shouldn't leave us with a somber thought or a like, oh, wow, this is hard. You know what, really? We've got the peace of God. How good is that? How good is it to be in a right relationship with the God of this universe? It's a wonderful thing. It's worth celebrating. It's worth singing. That's why Christmas is so special, isn't it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an awesome and amazing God you are. Thank you, God, for the peace that you give us. Thank you, for God, for loving us so much that you reach down and you want to reconcile that relationship with us. Thank you, God, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as a baby to grow up, to be crucified, buried, but to be victorious in resurrection, to give us new life. Thank you, God, that the peace that we can now find through your spirit is given to us in our hearts, in our lives. Help us, God, to extend that peace to others. Help us, Lord, to live in peace with each other. Help us, Lord, to just soak in that peace that you give us. May put a smile on our face. Remind us that we are loved by the God of this universe. God, thank you for this morning. We love you, Lord. In thy name we pray.